Hello, this is Tom Brevoort. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. I am your host, High Priest Ray, taking you through episode 219 this time round. So welcome, welcome. We have a very special episode for you in anticipation for the upcoming Moon Knight comic book series. Uh, this will be, well, you can probably see it, on the title of this podcast episode, it is a creator chat. So I had the privilege, along with fellow High Priest of Conchu, Rebecca, we both managed to sit down and chat with Jed McKay, the writer of Moon Knight, coming out in July 21, the 21st of July, alongside Alessandro Capuccio on artwork. Uh, before I get into more of those details... Of course, a big thank you to our Patroonies, those listed as co-producers and executive producers on our episodes. Uh, you guys really do help, uh, and thank you so much for your support. Uh, it really uh, has enabled this show to kind of take flight. So a big thank you to the likes of Daniel, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Russell, and Anthony. Thanks, each and every one of you, for, for helping, uh, help, helping the show prop itself up. Also, as well, a big shout-out to Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, one of our Petrunis, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. And our custodian sponsors, Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at their best, and Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore from Illinois. Now, loonies, before we get into that awesome chat we had with Jed McKay, I just want to get through some news as well. There has been a fair bit of... Uh, Moon Knight comic news, which has really got tongues a wagging. It's got the mouths salivating. It's got, you know, your eyes popping, that sort of stuff. Um, so, look, I'll go through it um, as it came to hand anyway. So, there's a lot of collected editions, uh, a lot of goodies that you can put on your shelf, loonies. I know you've probably got four or five copies of, yes, that that version of Moon Knight, two or three, um, but they've been reprinted again and no doubt for the um, excitement that is swelling for the upcoming TV show. Uh, so a couple of episodes ago, Rebecca and I chatted about uh, some of the releases, uh, and on top of that, there is even more. So this is from the Hatchet Book Group uh, website, so I'm assuming they're reputable. They, I mean, they seem pretty reputable as a motorcycle drives past. Um, so what we have, February 1st, 2022, there's going to be a release of Moon Knight by Bendis and Maleev, the complete collection. So this is a soft cover, uh, and it will be $29.99 US dollars, uh, and it covers Moon Knight issues 1 to 12 from the 2011 run. So those of you, yeah, whether you like it or not, um, it's a it's another collection 
uh, bringing all of that goodness that is Bendis uh, within. Uh, but, you know, beautiful Malieve art as well. Uh, should be a cracker, that one. Um, more recently, it had been released as a hardback. Um, I think I've got the older versions of the hardback. They split that into two volumes. Uh, but this will be the whole shebang in one one uh, one big book. So that will be, that'll be good. Um, also, we have in March, March 8th as well, um, we have Moon Knight by Lemire and Smallwood, the complete collection. So you can actually buy the, the whole thing as well. Issues 1 to 14, all collected in one. Um, again, it's a soft cover. This is all trade paperback. Uh, but it's retailing for $34.99 US, uh, 320 pages. Uh, so, yeah, so a fantastic run, that one. Uh, and again, not that long ago, the hardcover was released of the entire series. Uh, if you missed out on that, which unfortunately I know Rebecca said she did, here you go. Uh, you get the full the full deal in one big book again. So that's pretty cool as well. Uh, moving on, the next month, April the 5th, 2022, we get Moon Knight Legacy, the complete collection. So this combines uh, Moon Knight issues 188 to 200 of the 2017 run by Max Bemis and Jason Burroughs, amongst others like Paul Davidson, great art. Um, yeah, so again, it's a bit of a polarizing uh, run. Whether you do like it or not, uh, it would be great to have in one big like big book here, so 312 pages, 39.99 again US. Um, I'm definitely going to get this, um, but yeah, this will be about my third or fourth, <laughs> um, you know, reproduction of of the content within because I've got it digitally and and all the others. Um, but it, it's something nice to have just as an entire um, entire collection. So really cool. I'm really glad that they are doing this sort of thing, and and obviously. If we look at it, it's from February, March, April. I guess we're we're looking to a build up to the the TV show. It may drop. I don't know around April, May, maybe even June. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. All speculation. Now, on top of all this as well, uh, I just want to recap what Rebecca and I went through a couple of episodes ago. So February second. Again, 2022 next year, they will be re-releasing the Moon Knight Omnibus Volume 1. So if you missed that, you missed out on that, which was released, um, I believe it was early this year, January 2021, uh, then, uh, it could be, or maybe late 2020, then uh, you have a second chance, second bite at the cherry. And I've, I've kind of ordered mine as well, kind of don't want to miss out. <laughs> um, next, February 8th as well, so there's a lot of traffic in February to, to April. We have Jed McKay's first trade, so that would cover, I believe, probably the first five or six issues of his run, which is coming up very soon. Very exciting, so you can get your collection of that. Uh, March 8th as well, this is what Rebecca had mentioned. Uh, so that's coming out the same time as, apparently, the Lemire Complete Collection. But this is Marvel vs. Moon Knight. It's, it's kind of like an anthology. I think it's just a mixed bag of uh, some stuff, so... Apparently it includes Werewolf by Night 32 and 33. It has Moon Knight 13 <coughs> from 1980, uh, as well as the Cullen Bun Run, uh, the Acts of Evil Moon Knight uh, annual. Uh, you, you would remember that with Kang involved, as well as material from Amazing Spider-Man. So actually quite very disparate selections there. Um, could be clues to as to what the TV show will reveal. 
I'll uh, be interested to know your thoughts, loonies. Let us know. Um, we've got werewolves there. We've got Kang there. Moon Knight 13, which, strangely enough, is the one with Daredevil and Jester. Uh, so a very odd one to place in there. Uh, and then excerpts from Amazing Spider-Man. So I don't know whether this leads to some clues as to what the TV show will be about, but it's a very interesting collection indeed. Also, on top of that, we have uh, the Moon Knight Omnibus Volume 2. That's out in March, and again, that will collect the rest of the Doug Mensch run, so 21 to 38. Uh, we'll have Iron Man 161, Power Man and Iron Fist 87, Marvel Team Up 144, Moon Knight Fist of Conchu, fantastic, from the 1985 run, issues 1 to 6, the entire series, uh, Marvel Fanfare 30, and Materials from Solo Avengers number 3, Marvel Fanfare 38 to 39, and Marvel Superheroes number one, so that will you know be the official volume two of, uh, omnibus. So that's pretty cool. And then out in April again, we have another omnibus. It's not labelled volume three, but it's got all the modern Moon Knight stuff. So uh, this was announced on Mint near Mint collection uh, condition. Sorry on uh, YouTube, and this includes the Houston run. So Moon Knight. Issues 1 to 30. Uh, then we get the Moon Knight Annual from 2007. Uh, we also have the Moon Knight Silent Night of 2008, which is an awesome annual. We have the Vengeance of... Oh, sorry. Vengeance of the Moon Knight by Greg Horitz. Uh, the entire series there, 1 to 10. And we also have Horitz's uh, Shadowland um, Moon Knight 1 to 3. Uh, sorry, I should also mention the, the Moon Knight 1 to 30. That, of course, includes Mike Benson as well a fantastic writer who kind of took up the torch from, from Houston and really maintained that consistency of that great run. So that's coming out in April 2022. So loonies, there is plenty, or there are plenty of uh, books to save your money for coming up. So you might as well start now. I mean, February, March and April are going to be crazy. Uh, the final bit of news I've got here, uh, this was posted up as well. Now, I don't know, this is not official, uh, but again, you know, there could be some truth to it. Uh, we have Alexander Cobb is to join the Moon Knight TV show along with Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Um, if you have a look in our group or on the Facebook page, you'll see a picture of the gentleman or just check out IMDb. Uh, Rebecca tells me he's a, he's a very British actor, so I'm not familiar with him myself. Interesting as to who you think he might play. I, I put my hand up and I said probably the profile. You put a dodgy moustache on him and he kind of maybe looks like him. Um, but yeah, I'm very unfamiliar with him, so I don't know. I'm sure he's a very capable actor, but I'm just not sure what he'd be known to do or whether they do go outside the norm and, and cast him for something a bit offbeat. But we'll see. So that's a, another bit of casting news for the TV show. Alright loonies, that's about it for the news, uh, there, there was a lot of it there, I'm hoping you found it just as exciting as I do, but even more exciting than that is the upcoming Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio Moon Knight comic book series. Now this is released next week, so next Wednesday the 21st of July, uh, you'll be able to get it at your LCS, uh, but before that, before the release you know, actually comes about... 
um, the two high priests, yours truly, and Rebecca thought we'd sit down with Jed and, and just ask him like how things have been, um, his thoughts on Moon Knight. We couldn't broach too much into the details of the comic book series. Um, of course, a lot of things are confidential and, and secret, so um, we, we didn't want to um, put Jed in, in a situation there. So, we, you know, we just talked around it and, and talked about Moon Knight and, and what he, I guess, finds interesting in the character. So I'll stop prattling on, and, uh, yeah, I'll see you on the other side of it. Catch up. Yes, Looney listeners, so we're here with Jed McKay. Um, Jed, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. I, I've got to ask as well. I think I heard Rebecca chatting beforehand about it. How, how was the jab? Was everything, is everything good? Uh, I mean, I don't feel particularly great right now, but uh, as I was saying before, but it's it's a small price to pay. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I've, I've had the, the first one as well. Rebecca, I think you've had both, haven't you? Yeah, because number one, I'm old, and number two, <laughs> different country. Yeah, Let's say that like, we've had three very different experiences of this. Uh, oh, absolutely. Just by, by our countries, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. mostly because I'm old. Yeah, this is this is my second shot. My wife and I both were able to go in at the same appointment, so that was very handy. That's so really we just nice. kind of started progressively feeling worse. Uh, oh gosh, over yeah. The last, uh, yeah. Twenty-four hours. <laughs> oh, I know that's terrible. I've I've heard the yeah the second jab story. So let's hope that um you know you're you're okay um for, for this mean, chat. I'm, I'm going camping tomorrow, so uh, oh be. gosh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just to open up, I guess uh, look, a lot of the the Looney listeners know that. Uh, you're a writer with Marvel, but you've written elsewhere as well. I mean, um, most notably like Magic with Boom Studios, but you've done a whole heap with Marvel. Uh, I just want to take you back, Jed, just to the very beginning of like when you started writing. Uh, so you what kind of sparked the passion? Like, how did how did that come about? Well, I've I've, I've basically always been interested, I've always been interested in stories. Um, and comics have kind of gone hand in hand with that. Like I learned to read, uh, you know, pretty early, I guess. Uh, um, and a lot of that was because I was reading comic books. You know, I've got my, I've still got my old Tintin books, my, uh, you know, Barks and Don Rosa, Donald Duck, Uncle Scrooge stuff. And that was just, you know, a real driving force for me to to learn how to read. And I just fell in love with this idea of stories because, you know, you can do anything in a story. Um, you know, I grew up, well, you know, I got older and then I, uh, moved on to like my dad's old superhero books. He had like, like three or four big rubber maids of mostly Marvel stuff. So like, you know, Barry Windsor Smith Conan, um, you know, Glacy master of Kung Fu. Um, nice. just kind of like a smattering of stuff all through the seventies. Uh, and that's, you know, what I grew up reading. Oh, so, uh, Menches and Glacy's masters of Kung Fu, um, if that, if that piqued your interest, I guess Moon Knight might've, uh, with Menches run later on in the eighties. Yeah, but I see. I never actually read a Moon Knight comic till I think probably when uh, Declan was drawing it back in the 2014 series, because mm. Moon Knight was always a character that was sort of on the periphery for me. Because for a long period of time, I was I just wasn't reading superhero books. Uh, you know, I was reading comics pretty solidly all through my life, but like in the 90s, I wasn't reading 90s comics because um, I was reading. Cause, you know, that costs money. And I was reading comics we already had at home. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think the first time I saw Moon Knight was in one of the, the Marvel trading cards. And, you know, it's, it's such it's such a striking character because he's got such a great look and he's got such a great name. 
And I remember as a kid being like, man, I don't know who that dude is, but he rules. <laughs> but also, but also uh, the curse of Moon Knight is he's never really in anything for too long, uh, most notably his own series. So, <laughs> True. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't until, uh, what, like I said, it wasn't until that his 2014 series came out that mm-hmm. uh, I started picking it up and like, oh, wow, this character is really interesting, really exciting. Yeah, that was a, um, a a big change of direction, I think, for Marvel uh, as well. Marvel mm, yeah. now, um, so a lot of things were kind of chopping and changing, and you had the uh, you know the big, I guess, Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby names to Moon Knight. I mean, they've always Moon Knight's always been lucky to have had um, some really great creative teams. So um, yeah, no, that that's a great one to pick up. Did did that? I don't somehow inform you. Uh, for how you decided to approach Moon Knight, or, or did some other influences kind of factor into it? That's kind of bits and pieces. Um, after I got the job, um, I was like, okay, well, now i got to go back and just start tracking down as much Moon Knight stuff as I can to get, uh, you know, get familiar with the character, get on a good footing to work with them, because I just didn't have a huge background on the character. Like, I mean, that's a lot of the times with writing assignments, They'll say, do you want to write this character? And you say yes, because you want to work. And then you say, okay, let's go figure out what, what there is about this character that interests me. What can I work with? What is, you know, uh, what is exciting to me? Uh, what are some things perhaps I, I want to steer away from? Uh, like when I got Black Cat, uh, I wasn't a huge Black Cat fan. But now I am. It, through the, the experience of you know, writing this book and going through and looking at this character and trying to find all the parts about her that I think are interesting and exciting and that would be a lot of fun to share with people. And so I went through that process with Moon Knight as well. Uh, I liked a lot of the sensibilities of that 2014 run. Uh, the sort of almost, like the episodic, almost procedural sort of nature of it, I found really, as a reader at the time especially, I found really satisfying because you get an issue, you get a story, you know? Yeah. And that's something that I wanted to really draw on. Uh, something I did oh, with Black Cat where, you know, Two issues, you got an arc, you got a story. It's not uh, like you know those weird '90s things where it's like, here's part 15 of an arc that nothing happens in this issue. <laughs> we just had yeah. to kind of pad it out, you know. So that, yeah, that really informed it. Similarly, that sort of street level, um, street level, but also weird, which is really <laughs> the bywords that we're we're reaching for in in our series, working on it, where we want it to be. I mean, I think that's where he works best. Like, I think he's a street-level character. And that's where I find him most interesting. But at the same time, he's not... I don't I don't want him out there, you know, beating up muggers and purse snatchers. Unless, you know, the mugger is a vampire and the purse snatcher is Dormammu or something, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind, of the, that's kind of the direction we're going in. But at the same time, you know, going back to the original run, we're really trying to draw on a lot of the humanity behind Moon Knight. Uh, like, you know, I talk a lot about the 2014 series, and I like it a lot. But at the same time, we basically know nothing about Mark Spector from that. You know, he's a cipher. And I want to get into a little more of who he is, and especially who he is at this point in his life, you know, after the age of Khonshu. After, as we you know, will see, he has, you know, he's broken, he's broken ties with Khonshu. And what does yeah. it mean to be the best of Khonshu without Khonshu? Oh yeah, because it, it was that was such a big, I, I think a big moment in um, for for Moon Knight fans in the sense that it was such a departure from uh, how he was. 
I mean, previously depicted in, say, the Beamers run, uh, and, and you were mentioning about going back to the street level, which I think a lot of people welcomed. Um, there were, of, of course, always dividing factors between what, you know, we want to see explored in Moon Knight, and, and there was a call for that kind of Egyptian side of things and the deity side of things. Uh, Jason Aaron definitely gave that with, with Age of Contrary, but he kind of... Mm-hmm. I guess what came with an Avengers title, it came with a lot of flamboyance. Uh, it was it was massively big oh, yeah, and, and sure. big. So, so I, I think a welcome to to the street level, um, a return to the street level. I think has been welcomed. Sorry, by a lot of um, by a lot of loonies. Uh, it's an interesting interesting dynamic, uh, Jed, with uh, with the ensemble that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, of, of course, touching up upon the supernatural uh, and. And the vampiric as well. Um, I just wondering, they're very interesting characters. Looking forward to um, understanding more on Reese and uh, Dr. Andrea Sturman. I, I believe she's a, a previous character, like a, an existing yeah, character. Yeah, Andrea Sturman, she was, um, uh, so she worked uh, in the mental health field with Jack Monroe, who was the nomad. Uh, oh, right. The, the, uh, the, you know, screwed up commie smasher Bucky. Uh, yeah. the so uh and then she came up like years ago in my first series when i was working on daughters of the dragon i needed basically oh, nice. <clears throat> a, 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 excuse me a psychiatrist to work with this character rutherford winner who i would, was in it and uh i was like oh this is perfect like she already has experience with you know superhuman menticide like with, with brainwashing on a, yeah. a superhuman mm-hmm. scale so she really kind of slotted in as the the perfect character for Mark to talk to, um, and because it's something I've, like I've mentioned before in interviews, where I think one of the things that's most interesting about Moon Knight, uh, you know, who whatever name he's using, is how alienated he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, you know, there's just a lot going on between his ears, and so I made the the choice to, uh, you know, dispense entirely with the thought captions or thought balloons for yes. him. Because I want readers to, I want readers to have the same experience of him that the other people in his world do. I want him to be, you know, opaque. I want him to be a cipher that we gradually uncover, and sort of taking the place of those thought balloons or, you know, the the avenue we have into his head are these conversations he has with Doctor Sturman in his uh, his Avengers mandated therapy sessions. <laughs> nice. Did you have to do a lot of research into DID? Um to sort of tackle that side or like are you i know a lot of people are very wary about taking on those kind of uh subjects you know where mm. you're always yeah. going to be under Take a bit of a microscope for it so i just wondered if that was a little bit worrying or scary <laughs> it'd be <laughs> I mean, scary it, it for always, me you know like it, it always is when you're dealing with things like mental health and how it's depicted yeah. in uh, in comic books and we're we want to, like, when I got the job, there were, we kind of had two directions, you know, from editorial in the, the way that we're going. So we want to, want to move away from, you know, DID being the main focus of the story. We want to yeah. move away from consciousness being the main focus of the story. Because mm-hmm. it was very rightly brought up that either of those things in a Moon Knight story, basically just the entire story gets sucked into that. Mm-hmm. So when we catch up with Mark here, we're... We're looking at him with a new start, and you know he's in treatment. His DID is, uh, you know, relatively under control. Mm-hmm. But the thing I've always found interesting about you know Mark Moon Knight and DID is that all the problems in his life 
they never stem from his mental illness. No, they really don't, which is like why you say it's so interesting that some of the sometimes that becomes too much of the focus or like mm. when people are asking you to describe the character, it's so often like that'll be the thing people say. And it's like, well, but that's not yeah. generally where the action comes from in his life or where these, you know, like yeah. the overall story is. It's just it, it's become one of those uh, very easy ways of saying in the same way as people say, oh, he's Jewish and he's got this. And it's just like yeah. then and then people move on and and say very little else about him when they're sort of describing him. Yeah, and, you know, going into it, I had a couple sort of touchstones of my own that I wanted to make sure were, um, you know, were, were followed in that I don't want to present, present mental illness as a superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, which I, I think's really important. I don't, want to, I don't want to present mental illness as a gag, uh, you know, as a joke. Uh, both things, I think, are very important. So we're, we're not going to have a huge focus on his DID. Um, cool. Again, my my main interest is in how he constantly screws up his own life, and it has nothing to do with his mental illness. You know, he's yeah. how he makes the wrong choice every time, and how he's trying to, you know, to the point where he took over the world and beat the Avengers, and how he's going to deal with the aftermath. Yeah, will we see? I mean, although you know, not necessarily dealing with with um, that issue of DID, will we see the other identities or? Uh, we probably see a little more coming on down the line. Okay. Uh, we're, we've, got, we've got kind of a, a bit of a laser focus at this point in time, just getting these getting these first issues out, this first arc. Um, you know, we're planning out till put obviously put them in some in in the, the soup, so to speak. Yeah. So uh, that's something that we'll probably see exploring a little more down the line. Okay. Whereas now we want to be a little more uh, specifically just focused on you know, this, this street level stuff and, you know, figuring out why life's a disaster. Yeah. I was just, um, just a, a quick question as well, Jed, it just popped into my head and it's, I've just got to ask, uh, you mentioned the 2014, uh, run, uh, Declan Shelby, Warren Ellis. Um, had you ever considered, because it's not done that often, you know, the one shots, I mean, those, how those issues were all kind of real. <laughs> and you, you're speaking of arcs, um, had that come into your, into your view to to potentially play with or, or do well basically for the first uh, first four issues leading into number five every issue is its own story okay. uh, every issue also builds to a greater story uh than five and six or two parts uh and, but yeah I, I don't know I, it's something that i find it easier to plan but also i find it more satisfying as a reader uh, i like having a, discre- a discrete piece of story when i get an issue uh, you know, we, even if it's you know over two issues or something like that, it's easier for me to write, and I find it just is it's a satisfying thing to read. Uh, you know, I'm, it's I'm, easy. It makes it easier to jump into as well at any like if you don't buy the number one. Yes. Yeah. You know, exactly. Just... So yeah. we're like we're gradually at, you know as each issue goes, we're gradually building threats that are going to pay off down the line. But each issue is in itself uh, a specific thing that he's dealing with. Okay, and also just uh, just further to that, then Jed, um, like you know, uh, not knowing, I guess, I guess how how well the title will go and such down the line. Have you mapped out, like how far have you mapped? Have you mapped out? If I can, if I can ask. Uh, so I've planned out till twelve. Nice. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll make it to that, and then hopefully it'll make it beyond. Okay. Um, cool. I have I have ideas for further on down the line, but. 
I mean, you know how this business is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you crack those double digits, you start looking for that axe. So uh, <laughs> exactly. you, know, you don't get your hopes up too much or like seed stuff too far down the line because then you're left either leaving it hanging or playing catch up when you get uh, a cancellation that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Well, so I trying, know everyone to... listening to this will be very hopeful of a long run. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, it's all I. Because I mean, the thing is, like, that's why I was so excited to get the job is it's a Moon Knight run is so few and far between. You know, he's mm-hmm. a character that I think is, you know, deserves to be up there. And he's just, you know, you know, years go by without him having a series. So that's why I'm, I was very excited to get the chance this time around. And you know, with the knowledge that you kind of get one, you get one turn on the, the merry-go-round on this. And uh, <laughs> but they're not successful, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you also, I guess, going to to that, like, speaking of like landing the gig, so to speak, so we were lucky enough to have Tom Brevoort on the show as well uh, a, a fair few episodes back, and he was going through the process of of how these titles come about. And uh, and I asked the question, like, is, is it something that they, they kind of look towards a particular creative team or do they do they throw out expressions of interest stuff like that and tom basically said yeah look um uh, they throw out expressions of interest and they get some pictures from everyone which i believe is is how it happened right for, for yourself jed um yeah yeah uh, uh like gen- generally oh, sorry if you get your more on there oh no yeah i was just about to go further on and say yeah, uh so having having pitched that jed and being very successful obviously with the with the story tom's green lit it um did you have to come up with with various other like scenarios? Did you have like multiple ideas for Moon Knight, or, or how did you approach it when you uh, approached this kind of call to um, send your send your ideas in? Yeah, so like mo- I, f- I feel like most of the time, you know, editors will have a specific idea of what they what they're looking for in a book, and then they'll mm-hmm. know who they want to get in to do it. In the case of Moon Knight, they didn't really have a clear idea. Tom uh, sent me an email in the fall and said, "Listen." Uh, we're trying to put together this Moon Knight book. You had mentioned that you like Moon Knight. Uh, do you want to put something together and send it over, and we'll see see if it's a good fit. You know, you know, he's up front too. He's like, you know, I got to tell you, I've sent this out to just a few other people to see what sort of ideas are out there. Because again, they don't have a specific direction they need to go in, um, so they're kind of soliciting ideas from uh, all all about. So. You know, I was very excited because, again, you know, it's it was a, it was a huge deal for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the opportunity to work with a character that I'm really excited about, um, and just so you know, I began to instantly think of like what what would be interesting. And this is this is before Age of Conchu even finished. So I was even right. like, like, hey, hey, Tom, like, what's going on with? How does this end? You know, like, <laughs> how, 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 how does all this one? Yeah, because <laughs> I got to tell you, it's not looking great for him right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If he ends as a god, I really need to know. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, what is his relationship with Kanji? Because, like, at the right at the beginning, I, I really, I think I almost automatically caught on this idea of, uh, you know, Moon Knight, the Fist of Kanji. You know, one of the the his job descriptions is he's the high priest, and yeah. I, like a really interesting idea. And like, what would that look like? What would the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy of that look like? And also. You know what sort of relationship is Mark going to have with Conchu? Like I'm, before I knew that Conchu was uh, going to get banged up by the uh, Asgardians, I, I was like, you know, I don't want to write write him just as a stooge. So like, what if he, you know, from that idea, I had this idea of the Midnight Mission, where he's got 
mm. you know, basically a place where people could come to him. And I was like, well, what if he's got, you know, Conchu, I don't know, tied up in his basement or something. But as it turns out, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, Someone else so yeah. does, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so once with that sort of uh, grain of an idea, uh, I just started extra, you know, extrapolating it, winding it out, thinking like, what are, and I, again, I had my touchstones of street level and weird. Mm. Uh, like, it's not, he's not, he's not Daredevil, he's not being at the mic yet. He's dealing with stuff that is weird and also is particularly bothering the people in his territory. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, what, and then of course, and then they, what's, what's the overall arc? Like where, where are these problems coming from? So, you know, I sent that to Tom and Alana and Martin and they looked at it. They sent back their thoughts. Um, but I was also really excited when I sent it off. So I sent it off. And then later that day, I sent another email. I'm like, Oh, also this could be in this. I just had an idea. <laughs> oh, maybe this character could be like a bad guy. It's a really good fit. And so yeah. I sent it back with some notes. Uh, you know, I, re- I revised it, and we we're just kind of off to the races from there. I, nice. I I wasn't sure if I had the job until like the second round of revisions. And they're like, "Yeah, you can come to school now." I was like, "Ooh, ooh. All right. <laughs> that's so cool." Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's um, that's great. Uh, and of course, you're going to be. I mean, the series is coming out at a time of heightened interest in Moon Knight, mm. shall we say? Um, how does it feel to know you've got that? TV show around the corner. Um, honestly, I, I don't really think about it. It's not something that really enters my mind a whole lot. Um, people like people will ask me stuff like, you know, you got this Moon Knight thing coming up, or like, what if they take something from your thing and put it in this the show? Largely mm-hmm. unlikely, I would imagine. Or like, you mm-hmm. know, anytime I'm writing a book, like, what who what do you think if this character joined the MCU? And like, largely, I'm sure it'd be cool, I guess, yeah. but it doesn't really have much effect on me or on the the work that I do. Because, uh, I mean, this, this may be a controversial thing, but I just think comics are better than uh, movies. So, uh, no, no, I, I, no, I meant more that, like, well, I'm hoping it means more sales. Mm, well, I mean, um, fingers crossed. On that side, like that, that, that he's become a character that more people are talking about rather than the the TV show itself. Although, obviously, oh, you know, gotcha, yeah. So, so a heightened level of attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I think. Uh, I think it will be interesting, particularly because I don't know anything about the show. So it's yeah, not right. like we're doing yeah. a, a synergistic kind of thing. We're bringing Moon Knight, the comic character, closer to Moon Knight, the television show character. Uh, I would hope that basically this series, I mean, when we're starting, will give someone unfamiliar with the character kind of everything they need to know. Like the right. first issue is is going to be kind of a, a not, not a hand-holding, but just certainly a reminder of, yes. you know, who this character is, where he came from, what he's been through, and what might be in the future for him. Yeah, I, I think, I guess that's where, I guess maybe, Rebecca, you were maybe asking uh, or where you were heading. Uh, yeah, just the idea of, there's a fine balance, isn't there, Jed, I guess, of, uh, of I guess, nodding towards the the seasoned fans uh, and getting straight into it, and but also then being conscious of the fact that Moon Knight will be opened to a lot more other eyes um, because of the TV show, a lot more interest that if people who, you know, love the MCU and the TV shows go, oh, I might pick up the po- comic, pick up uh, Moon Knight number one, that there's enough there for them to kind of uh, understand the character. So, yeah, it's um, it's an it's an interesting balance to see um, how that turns out. I love the, um, you know, Rebecca and I were just briefly talking about the, they released the previews of, uh, of issue one, uh, and, and you mentioned Jed as well about, 
him being very territorial. I, I love his voice in it already. He seems yeah. uh, quite foreboding, uh, quite mm-hmm. obviously sure of what he wants, uh, but very, very territorial. So I think that's a great aspect for, for Moon Knight to have in this. Yeah, and it's it's something that I'm having a lot of fun with is, you know, even, you know, you know, DID aside, Mark Spector is someone who wears a lot of different hats. Uh, you know, he's, he's Mr. Knight when he's in the Midnight Mission. He's Moon Knight when he's out on the streets. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun playing with the voice, you know, the way he acts to different characters, the way he speaks when he thinks he's taking on a different role, mm. um, the way he talks to, uh, you know, the people he's close to is going to be a lot different than the way he talks to people as, you know, the fist of Khonshu when he's trying to, like, really... Let really you know leverage the uh, the importance of his station, and yep. which is also different than the way he's going to talk to someone when he's trying to leverage you know his reputation for brutality, uh, yep. that kind of thing. It's something that we you know I've had I've had a lot of fun working with, and I think I hope it's something that people you know kind of pick up on rather than just think that he's extremely scatteredly written. Yes, oh, that, that's very reassuring to hear as well. Because um, look, I I don't want to keep on going back to a particular example, but there was. Like, Moon Knight could be written, you know, just as, like, one particular aspect. So the way that you're describing it sounds great. You know, he's actually, the way he interacts with different scenarios potentially has, like, a different voice. Because, um, I don't know, if I go back to, there was a, a an event called Damnation. I'm not sure if you, mm-hmm. you yeah. read that, Jed. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, I love the creators and the writers there as well. I think Donny Cates... Um, wrote that as well but Moon Knight came across as very very much just like I don't know Deadpool or, or Spider like he was like almost a comic relief um and he had that one voice and and so to hear that I guess it's going to be considered uh with how he's written in this series and who he interacts with and how he speaks to them I think that's really good yeah and it, and it all kind of goes back to one of the one of the central conceits of the the story and you know this this run is, you know, the question of who is Mark Spector or who is Moon Knight or who is Mr. Knight has always been answered via the, the new channel of his DID. Mm-hmm. But I think specifically here where, where he has to figure out himself who he is, uh, especially going forward in this new start where, you know, he's, he's, he's an apost- a renegade priest who's uh, mm-hmm. you know, at odds with, with the unworthy God. You know, he's an apostate. He's, he's a heretic. And, you know, what does that mean? Why does he hold on to this identity? Um, you know, he, he and Conchie didn't have to be part of the best terms, but, you know, he's, he's still a Moon Knight. And yes. we kind of can see why. Yeah. Also as well, I guess, uh, Jay, just on that kind of aspect of, I guess, Moon Knight as Moon Knight, uh, you mentioned he um, is very much kind of like a, a lone, like, you know, a lone Lone Wolf, so to speak. He's got this ensemble uh, with Reese and, uh, well, he at least interacts with them, Reese and, and Dr. Andrea Sturman uh, in mm-hmm. this series. Uh, he's always, I've always thought as well, he's had a very strong support cast, which is just as uh, integral to his character as him being like the Lone Wolf. So, Absolutely. We, yeah, I mean, so we've had the, the likes of, or we have the likes of, of Frenchie, Marlene, of course, as well, who I believe, is that, did I read that somewhere? Is she... Does she make an appearance uh, soon? Uh, no, not uh... okay. Maybe oh, right, yeah. Sorry, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna find out what the deal is with Merlene. Ah, uh, yes, that's okay. That, that right, sorry. I got I also got Merlene mixed up with um, 
shoot, what was the name of the lady who ran the diner? Gina. Oh, Gina, yeah. Gina, yeah. I got the got those names mixed up in my head. I've got the oh. I think I'm running half fever here, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, it's terrible. It's, it's, but, it's uh, not hard to do either with them, um, like, just throwing names. I, I once got Frenchie and Crawley mixed up, so, hey. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll find out what the deal is. Again, most of this is a pretty clean break with his previous associated mm-hmm. cast because uh, I mean he's he's had a pretty tumultuous time recently and that's gonna cause a lot of problems for people who are all I mean to be close to Moon Knight in whichever series you're in is not gonna end up well for you yeah so mm. he's again you know kind of starting from the ground up you know maybe he's gonna see some old friends coming up here um, you know you'll, you'll find out who in the solicits for next issue However, those come out. Nice. Uh, he's got some new enemies. Yes. He's got brand new characters who are who are going to be you know, throwing their lot in with Moon Knight, and at the same time, he's going to have uh, new to him enemies. You know, some characters that are have been established in the Marvel universe but don't have any interaction with Moon Knight. And I think that was something that was really, really interesting to me is try to find the characters who would fit in well, but it would be something new for people. Because I, yeah. I didn't really want to do the Black Spectre again, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like everyone's seen Bushman enough to, you know, they've yeah. got a gut full at this point. <laughs> Try to shake it up a little bit, you know. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And, and like the the previous run with Max Bemis, uh, gave they gave us he gave us a lot of new villains, which was great, you know. And and I think that same kind of excitement has translated over to um, they released the uh, the covers the cover to issue three. Um, so we, we see Hunter's Hunter Moon, Hunter's Moon, Hunter's um, Moon, yes, yes, which is very. I don't know. I'm I'm very excited about it. I don't know about you, Rebecca. I'm not saying there's not saying there's a betting round in Discord about him, but there's a betting <laughs> round. There is, yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, mean, just yeah. there's there's not much I can say about him. Um, no, no, he's yeah. Uh, when the issue comes out, I'll put I'll put on Twitter my terrible. Uh, first like sketches of what i thought he should look like oh cool and, and Al- <laughs> then alessandro was like amazing designs get design drawings he put together <laughs> it'll be uh quite it'll be day and night so he's, but it's yeah, got he's... people very interested it has. Uh, and like i said the, i can't even remember what the bet's over now but i remember there's i know there's a bet who, who it was right or, or something i don't know i know i bet no. neither so okay <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably just to be annoying so like and McNiven channeling uh, Jay Lee on that cover was just yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Like the the you've style. got some beautiful covers mm. right across they, the, they, the they, issues. They really pulled out the stops, and like yeah. I was like, you know, McNiven's a friend of mine. We hang out, and it was really when I got the job, I was actually headed out to meet him and at Brisson for some drinks, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I got a job, I got Moon Knight, and he's like. Well, I'm gonna email Tom tomorrow so I can do some covers. I was like, hell yes! Nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He, he's a fantastic artist. I love love his stuff. So, I mean, how, how did you react to all? Uh, last count, I think Jed, someone in our group has has counted over forty, forty one, maybe different varying covers. <laughs> how, how did you? Re- did you? Issue one. Yeah. How did you? Did you know like there would be that much? And have you seen them all? Uh, I I may have seen them all. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, like I'm I'm, I'm no strange to this, uh, you know, huge, um, you know, feast of variant covers. Like I, yeah. Black Cat number one had. I was going to say they did a lot for Black Cat, didn't oh, they? Oh, they did beautiful ones yeah. for that as well. Yeah, 
but no, there's there's been some wonderful uh, Moon Knight covers. Like you know, the the main covers alone are really exciting, and then to see everybody else's interpretations and all their takes. Uh, you know, some real real heavy hitters getting in there. It's uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's it's actually it's just brought a a huge kind of problem to a lot of the the loony listeners you know because it's like oh god do i have enough money to, to fork out all this because they they yeah. look absolutely gorgeous um i don't think my wallet can stand i would if i could um i might have to just pick maybe i don't know five or so because um but they and and then just slowly get them over time i don't know but um very yeah 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 very um very interesting stuff yeah, I'd love it if they could, you know, collect them all in uh, the trade paperback. But it sounds oh, like they'd be in the That's always the dream. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like another yeah. fifty pages or so. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's exactly the size of the trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, do you want to ask anything about um, like greater writing? Yeah, like I just wanted, like obviously we're loving Black Cat and Taskmaster and all this sort of all the other stuff you've got out at the moment. But how do you juggle it? Like, how do you switch from one voice to the other do you find it quite easy or do you have to like get into your own mind space with music and uh sort of uh, especially I, with like moon Knight being quite so wild it's it's one of those things where you know it's just that some books are easy to write some books are difficult to write mm-hmm. um and you know it varies, it varies from issue to issue like i've i found moon Knight very easy to write lately where uh you know i can dash out i can bang out an issue usually in a couple of days uh, you know, Taskmaster was like it was like Grease Lightning. You know, I, I would do an issue in a day. Um, wow. Whereas other books, you know, just present more difficulty. Maybe there's more characters to deal with. Maybe it's a story I don't have as good a handle on by the time I go to sit down and start writing it. So it's just kind of it's a matter of juggling what needs to get out, and also, you know, what's going to be more difficult for me to write. What's going to be easier for me to write. Um, but all, I mean, also the thing is, when it gets to the actual scripting phase, that's almost the easiest part. Because what I find right. I have the most difficulty with is the outlines, and the plans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it may take me a week to get, you know, the outlines out for, you know, five issues or something like that. And then by the time I get to writing them, they may actually be fairly different from my outline. Uh, I'm not kind of a, a problem for not really sticking to my own outlines where I'm writing something. I'm like, oh, no, wait, I can solve this right now like this. I don't have to do all this yeah. frigging as I had originally planned. So it's, it's, I don't know if, if it wasn't work that I liked to do, it would be extremely difficult. I'll put it that right. way. <laughs> Does it give you time for any hobbies? Do you have any, uh, what do you do to it, get away from it all? Apart from go camping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of depends what my schedule's looking like. Like I don't have a, outside of, you know, taking a couple of days to go camping. I don't have a whole ton of time to be engaging in hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in terrible shape. I don't go to the gym. Uh, uh, you know, I, I walk the dog, basically. I go to the grocery store and, you know, to get our groceries, you know, we do some tidying up. Maybe it watch a little very much, so, Yeah, It sounds all too uh, relatable. <laughs> Are you a, sp- a sports fan, Jed, or anything? Not particularly, no. Okay. I mean, I when, when I have the time, I like to paint little, uh, little you know, Warhammer guys, but mm-hmm. that's... I picked that up because when writing became my job, I no longer had a hobby. So I was like, I should probably have a hobby so I don't become, a, you know, a very <laughs> difficult person to be around. They're so hard to paint. <laughs> like, I have great, uh, great. The only one that I've got is one that some Warhammer guys did for me um, um, and gave me for a birthday present. So I was very lucky. But it's, uh, it's 
we I used to go to all the shows and and all the awards for the painting and it's quite something. I used to work in library yeah. as well and we had a club oh, for okay. And one of our one of the mothers who came to the library kept winning awards, which is how I got into <laughs> seeing just how well if you're if you're the parent of a child who plays Warhammer, um, that's the sort of sideline is you can get really into the paint. Yeah, it's it's I used to do it when I was a kid, and uh, you know I picked it up again. I was you know, shocked shocked how much more difficult it was than I remembered. <laughs> so how was I, I doing it back then? Yeah. How much more difficult yeah. it is when you pay, when you care a bit more than when you're a kid and you just you well, know, that's like, thing. Yeah. Also, my eyes are nowhere near as good. My hands are a great deal shakier. So. <laughs> yeah. A lot, your hands are a lot bigger as you well. You realize yeah. how small yeah. those miniatures oh, really are. Yeah. 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 A heads up as well, because uh, uh, Rebecca and I, we were talking about it the last time you were on the show, Rebecca. Uh, there's a little Moon Knight figurine, that apparently, that's coming out as well. There I'm not is, sure if yeah. It, uh, was it called Crisis? Is it Crisis Protocol Crisis, or something? Crisis Protocol, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, you're, well, you're well into yeah, you, you know about <laughs> it. Um, oh, you're going to have to pick that up, Jed. You know, you're going to have to paint yeah, that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's actually about that, but the TV series is what this costume is going to look like. It's like we've yeah. got him in Declan's costume in this series, and yeah. I'm curious if that's what they're going to go for. They're going to go for the, the the classic look, or I'm I'm very very interested to see how they they make that work out. Because yeah, they've been very uh, very very about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming um, there's going to be a shot, obviously, with Oscar Isaac just having a hood on. I guess as he as he. You, you know, taking it off that statue, the conchu at the beginning. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know what it will look like. But it's it's very exciting because, um, well, I guess they they're quite good with with translating costumes onto the screen. I was about to say Moon Knight's difficult because it it is so comic booky. The, uh, the, well, the unless you go that... Mister Knight, I mean, yeah, true. You know. I mean, I, from what I heard in the the news, Mister Knight will be something that's in there. I think. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. No, I, think they have, uh, I mean again, I, again. That's what I hear from the headlines. No, no, I think you're right. I think it's been in. I think it's been in news rather than like. Um, do you? I mean, will you watch the show or will you avoid it until like you finished an arc or whatever? Like, is that something? Yeah, no, I'll watch it when it comes out. I, don't, I mean, I can't uh, I don't imagine, imagine anything we'll that happens in the show. Problem. Yeah, I can't imagine anything won't cross over with stuff you've already read for Moon Knight. So. Yeah. Because again, these shows in their first seasons are always very origin based, anyway. So yeah, yeah, uh, I don't really, no, I'm not going to be like, you know what? I'll tell a story about a guy who died in the desert. That'll really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you can't, you can't run with that in comic books where a character's been around for so long. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of overlap uh, in that case. And Which is I mean, good because can... it means you can enjoy it without worrying about. Not... Yeah, I think so. Like there's there's stuff that I won't watch um, because I've enjoyed. A fictional version of it so much um like for instance uh a while back they made a movie of midnight's children uh, that's all in rushdie book and at first i was like oh let's yeah. see that and i was like actually no i really liked that book and i don't want my memories to be overwritten by these you know or, or rather to have the the images and the visuals crystallized into one sort of interpretation from yeah. a media production which is kind of like precious and and whiny but it's just kind of though i don't think it's that as big a deal in comic books and that comic books already have a very sort of set a way of things looking 
I think also we're very used to in comic books getting the new run comes out and then everything's a little bit different. Yes. Or yeah. there's a different angle. So, like, you just kind of uh, sort of take the TV shows as another little run. Basically. That's, that's the sort of mini series going on that somebody else is doing, and then you go back to the main one. Yeah, and again, like, it's, it's just not something I think there's a lot of... Um, Pro, you know, difficult connections with like people when I had Taskmaster coming out, people or we had Taskmaster coming out, Alessandro and I, people would yeah. keep asking me like, "What's what's the deal with Taskmaster in the movie?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. No one tells me this." <laughs> just, I'm just, they just wanted a Taskmaster book because Taskmaster's in the movie, and I'm, I, you know, I was lucky enough to write it. I always think it's nicer that people think that um, the comics might have that level of like profile <laughs> that they'd start telling you yeah. these things because, like, you know. Um, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that some of those Marvel movies, they don't tell some of the actors what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's true, yeah. Jamoke yeah. comic book writer in, like, you know, Atlantic Canada, what's happening in their multi-million dollar <laughs> properties. <laughs> yeah. Um, just with, uh, you know, speaking of Taskmaster, and I'm just thinking again of your, your other um, awesome run, like with Black Cat, and this Moon Knight series coming out, Jed, is there any is there any particular music you listen to while you write? Write them. Did you listen to anything in particular with Black Cat? That kind of something, you know, crafty. Uh, it's, just, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of um, kind of whatever's going at the time. Like often yeah. I listen to stuff that's you know generally just loud enough to um, drown out everything around. Because, you know, <laughs> Oh, we got our dog and our cat running around. Yeah, uh, there's always construction somewhere in our block. <laughs> uh, so it's just you know something that will won't distract me too much, but will also you know kind of act as the right sort of mental lubricant, so yeah. to speak. So you know, lately I'm mostly like you know just going to look at my Bandcamp uh, collection. I listen to Hooded Fang, uh, Mutant Strain. Nice. What else we got here? What else have always, I been listening? Always interesting to know what what writers listen to. When I, that's because yeah. you're, yeah. you're a musician. Fat Tony, Sweeping Promises, Liquids, Century Egg, Milo's Planes. Yeah, that's what I've been working on. Listening to lately. Okay, so I'm I'm familiar with them, but so so you can you can work with. Uh, I'm assuming they have all vocals in there as well. It generally doesn't really bother me. Oh, okay, cool. If it's <laughs> uh, if it if it gets to that point where I do find myself distracted by the music, I'll either you know put on something that is you know purely instrumental or something that's just in a different language okay. uh, i was listening to for a while i was listening to uh, midori a japanese band oh. and it's great because i can't understand what anyone's saying so i don't find it distracting well i'm i'm certainly going to be rewinding our chat jed and i'm going to you know pinpoint all these bands that you mentioned and i might add them in the show show notes and i might check oh, them out yeah. myself as well i um, always find it quite interesting um but yeah excellent um I guess before we uh, wrap up, though, uh, I just want to uh, any massive shout outs that you'd like to to give Jed on on some current projects that you're working on. Of besides, of course, Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know we got Moon Knight going. We're starting in a couple weeks now, so mm-hmm. uh, I hope everyone's excited for it. I hope everyone likes it. Uh, it's you know it's a thirty page special to uh, to kick things off. Which is great because I sent in the script to Tom and I was like, "Man, Tom, this is really tight for twenty pages." It's like, "Good, you can have 10, 10 more pages." 
So yeah, I got Moon Knight coming out. Uh, Avengers Mech Strike number five should be coming out this month at some point. Nice. Uh, Black Cat number number eight. Uh, so we're starting our Infinity Stone heist, yes. which should be uh, exciting. Yes. And Magic Magic the Gathering continues apace. We got issue number four. Nice. Yeah. Or no. Three? Man, I can't keep track of what's coming out. <laughs> I think it's, it must I think be it's quite issue. hard with the uh, like the weird, wacky schedule of comics yeah. and issue you know, number four. Is coming out. Yeah, that's it. Okay, um, issue four. So yeah, yeah, issue number four. So we got that's going to be a big one for that story. Uh, it's a big, mm-hmm. big revelation. And then issue five is going to be like a real big revelation for uh, those for magic heads. So I hope hope people like it. It's something I'm excited about. Oh, no worries. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly, all of these in the show notes, listeners, so uh, easy, quick links to each of them. Um, but uh, I guess just before we go as well, Jed, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, um, well, actually, there's also maybe, Rebecca, there's one at the very end. Uh, sure. Prompt sheet, did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you want to ask? Yeah, well, I, I touched on it earlier when I was saying that we've all had quite different experiences of, the pandemic over the last year and i just wondered if you as as our countries are starting to come out of it i have to phrase this very carefully for me um (laughs) do you find yourself feeling more hopeful or less hopeful about the world because of the pandemic specifically not the popular politicians Uh because that's a separate issue like you know pandemic specifically Sure. Yes. Uh, like I mean, just yesterday, that video of the uh, the Gulf of Mexico on fire went around, and I think I'm still yes. getting shudders thinking about it. Yeah, um, me too. It's I can really only speak to my kind of personal geographical experience yeah. because obviously, as you said, we're all in very different stages of dealing with the pandemic, and you know, very different stages of trying to to guide our way out of it, depending on where we live, and you know, so the places in the world are just being absolutely. Um, just absolutely mauled by it and it's horrible mm. yeah. uh, as far as as far as we go i think we're so i live in maritime canada and we had it pretty well on lock for a while yeah uh, you know we had we had a, a provincial bubble so the three or four provinces in the atlantic area were allowed free travel between them and it was great uh and then it just kind of went to shit it you know the bubble popped fell apart we we're getting you know hundreds of cases a day and we basically it shows how quickly this can all just go away yeah you know you, you yes. can think that we're doing really well we could think that our policy is really good um but all it takes is people people not thinking of other people and yeah. it goes right it goes away so quickly so now like now as the vaccinations are rolling out mm-hmm. where we live our populations are getting more vaccinated um i'm certainly more hopeful in the in the pandemic perspective in mm-hmm. again my my area of the world mm-hmm um, it, it does, does, however, it was rather, rather did illustrate kind of how fragile so many of the um, the processes of whether we take for granted in our in our modern world and our modern society are, though. And I yeah. really hope, really hope, you know, fingers crossed that you know, we have actually learned some real lessons from this, mm. uh, as opposed to just doing the same bullshit over again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really weird time, I guess that we're living in. It's very strange um, over here in Australia as well. We've been relatively lucky, but it's the last week 
Uh, in my state, yeah. at least, we're in lockdown again, so it, it sprouted up. So it's just something that we're all we're all learning to, I guess, to live with. Um, and you're yeah, right, exactly. how we live with it, in, and how we live uh, yeah, with it. That, we're not going into what's happening in the global south uh, and stuff like that, which is Absolutely. you know devastating. Yeah, and ultimately, I this this is something that came to my life at a period in which I was very privileged to kind of ride through it. Um, yeah. You know, just a few months before the pandemic hit, I quit my job as a, oh, a junior right. high teacher to, to write comics. And, you know, I saw friends who were teachers, and they're just describing how difficult it's been, this whole process. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we, yeah. we had massive lockdowns as well. I've never been more aware of how lucky I was to already work from home. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of the mental health things people were finding about being, because we were locked down for, I don't know, it feels like eight months after out of the last sort of yeah. 14 it's crazy uh yeah so um yeah. each time my sort of seeing is... my friends having to go out to work or people yeah. losing their jobs and i'm like things haven't changed all that much for me except i'm busier so yeah 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 and that's that's the case like you know five what five years ago i was working at a grocery store stacking vegetables mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah you know that's and, you know, when you work in a minimum wage job where you don't get any paid sick days, you go to work when you're sick because yeah. otherwise you, right, yeah. you get evicted. Like, you know, I've, I've worked in the grocery store a few years and I couldn't get teaching jobs just with the way the market was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, yeah, like I would go to, go to work sick all the time because I can't yeah. lose out on whatever a full minimum wage shift is. Yeah. So uh, if I had been in that situation with COVID, I'd have been screwed. Exactly. And, and you were talking about like um, uh, just quitting your job just before the pandemic. I mean, teachers, man, they've had a rough trot as well. Like when, yeah. you know, when that hit, I've got a, a fair few friends who are teachers and, you know, that whole, you know, just whole thing with everyone having to stay at home, um, parents having to homeschool, but teachers um, having to carry on over, you know, over Zoom and stuff. It's, it's a different way of, of teaching and learning. Um, you've got to feel for the students as well. It, it's such a you know, it oh, seems it's extremely difficult. Mm, I mean, mm. everybody up the line, parents to students to teachers to, you know, even admin staff. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you're, yeah. if you're custodian at a school and there's no school to clean, what are you going to do for a job? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, look, I, I think um, we'll I probably, um, I wanted to leave it a little bit on a light note, Jed. Um, sure. So <laughs> I'm just going to say, um, I'm going to drop a little, a little thought bomb on you. Um, Felicia, Mark, um, relationship, uh, let's make it happen. <laughs> anyway, um, just just a thought there, Jed. Just she, a thought. Yeah, I think she, she does have uh, a taste for man in uniform. That is true. But there you go. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like even Felicia has uh, limits to what sort of highway disaster she's going to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, wise, wise to that, and say no, no. Yeah, and also, exactly. Mark is getting more bad luck in his life. Oh, honest. that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh well, I'm going to say never say never. But um, a a huge thank you, Jed, so much for your time. I know um, yeah, having you know just been vaccinated the second time as well, it, it's going to run right in your body. So thank you so much for for taking time out to to have a chat with us. I'm happy to talk talk to you guys. Um, I'm happy to to chat again down the line as the book comes out. uh, We talk about Oh, I would absolutely love to. So, um, yeah, I might I might just drop your line. Uh, You know, uh, listeners, towards the end of July, from what I understand, I think 21st of July, 
the the issue will come out. But a huge thanks once again, Jed. Uh, forever grateful, and and hope to hear from you soon. All right, sounds good. Well, I said you got my email address. Uh, give me uh, send, send me a note sometime. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, there, guys. Thank you. Bye. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. Costumes on. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is our latest episode, and you just heard there uh, the fun chat we had with Jed McKay. Uh, both Rebecca and myself had a, a really fun time chatting with him. You may have heard a, a third co-host there, little Finn. Um, apparently, he wanted to, to chat with Jed too. So um, just at the beginning there, <laughs> before I managed to um, edit some of his stuff out and or uh, he uh, his mum... Finally managed to get him out of the room, uh, but he was he was very uh, well behaved. Uh, he was excited, you know. He was excited to to see what this podcasting was all about. But you may have heard a bit of Finn there. Apologies for that. Uh, anyway, moving on. I just wanted to uh, shout out a couple of nightlines here, and both from YouTube, and both from one of my favourite loonies, uh, CMK Seven. Beep boop beep boop boop, Chris. Uh, so thank you so much, Chris. Chris has got some feedback for both 217 and episode 218, which has just come out prior to this one. Uh, so the first bit of feedback was based on that episode that Chad and I did about things that go bump in the night. Uh, and Chris writes, Another great subject for the chat. I so love the stories that pursue that underused warrior-priest aspect of Moon Knight and returning the character to his horror roots. Taking the reader along as Moon Knight delves deeper and deeper into terrifying supernatural scenarios and exercising those the evil forces that lurk in the shadows. I'm also excited to hear Moon Knight is finally taking on proper vampires in the upcoming series. Nightmare is another supernatural Marvel villain that I think Mooney should take on. I'd love to see him return to the realm of dreams. Yeah, thank you, Chris. And I think you are referring to, of course, uh, that uh, those Black Panther issues. I guess which had Moon Knight in there, where they do tackle Nightmare, which was uh, was very interesting. Um, I found that was pretty cool. I'd love to see him take on Nightmare again. Uh, he's got that thing with, I always think of you know with Morpheus, um, being you know sleep deprived and you know the latter version of Morpheus had him like dr- infecting you. Uh, in your dreams of uh, with himself <laughs> so uh yeah nightmare would be great but thank you chris and chris also then leaves some comments for 218 which was chad and i's review and discussion on the mike benson arc down south uh issues 26 to 30 uh from 2000 i think 2009 could be wrong 2000 2007 to 9 something like that and anyway uh if my tablet will rotate properly, it says here from Chris, finally into the night goes down south. 
You know how much I love stories of Mooney on the international road and this arc delivers. Chad's description as colourful is spot on. So many great gems in this short but satisfying run. Like you guys pointed out, particularly the characters of the Zapata brothers and the mysterious and deadly Toltec. Which seems almost showcased from his, uh, which seemed almost showcased for his own spin-off, uh, which we never got, unfortunately. Great arc, nonetheless. A small sequence that resonated with me is when the Zabata brothers point out that it's suicide to take on Al Cantara's compound because he has an army there. To which Moon Knight says, "Looking up at the full moon, I'll take my chances." Great stuff. Uh, yes, thank you again, uh, Chris. Uh, great to hear from you, and great to know that. You enjoyed Down South. It it was a ripping um, story. And although, you know, Moon Knight could have been swapped for anyone, really, uh, it still was a good story, I thought. Um, But those little touches, like you say, about him looking up at the full moon, uh, you know, that... No, that's great. That is Moon Knight, isn't it? And uh, and Conchu in his different guises was very fun as well. Uh, But also, yeah, interesting about Toltec. Because maybe that explains it. Because he really kind of flitted in and out of that that run uh didn't have as much impact as i thought he would so yeah maybe they were thinking of um of using him down the line somewhere but it just didn't eventuate but thank you very much again chris uh it's always great to hear from you uh, loonies if you have any thoughts um or you want to you know drop in some feedback please do i'm going to actually pop up in the group a discussion post on the Moon Knight uh, issue one coming out on Wednesday. So my intent is, fingers crossed, uh, when it drops on Wednesday, then um, I might as well say now, sorry, uh, next phase, uh, next week we'll be doing an in-depth discussion and review of Moon Knight issue one um, with Rebecca. Hopefully we'll get Konishu in there as well. Always fun to have Konishu back, um, get the OG team happening. But that is the intent. So once it drops, hopefully we'll be able to turn around a discussion pretty quickly. Um, and then I'm thinking maybe as a second potential episode of the week, uh, if you do get your thoughts in, um, maybe on the weekend I might uh, might collate them and then read them out and then discuss them. Um, that should be fun to get you know just get to share everyone's thoughts would be pretty cool. So uh, that's the plan for next week. Uh, should be good. I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait indeed. Uh, before heading off, uh, I've mentioned what's happening next week, of course. Spectacles, again, I just want to shout out, uh, I've been doing these for the last few episodes, but Terms of Evil, there's Moon Knight Villain Mania Month. Go check out the podcast hosted by Russell Moran. Really cool. Uh, you'll hear some familiar voices there from the ITK kind of crew, uh, all talking about a different Moon Knight villain. Very fun. Uh, also, Daniel Doing's GoFundMe for Fringe Night issue six. Uh, go check it out on the show notes as well. Uh, please support your indie creators. Uh, they, you know, they put a lot of hard work into it, and it's uh, it's so much fun to to get, you know, something other than what's in the big two. Uh, Paul Davidson's Kickstarter for Fantastic Illustrated. Again, check out the the show notes. Paul Davidson, fantastic artist, as I mentioned, was part of the Bemis run towards the end. Uh, really good stuff. Um, I urge you to. I'm hoping to pick up a copy myself. Uh, as well, uh, Moon Knight Origins, they have an Indiegogo page. Please support their fan film. Uh, they're working hard as well. They want to create extra content, behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, please check them out on Instagram or Facebook or their Indiegogo page. All of that stuff is in the show notes. 
And finally as well, Phases of the Moon Knight, essays examining the world of Moon Knight. So please email Scott Weatherly, great friend of the show and um, host of 20th Century Geek. Uh, please email him at 20thcenturygeek at gmail.com. And uh, if you're keen to write an essay on Moon Knight and get it published, uh, he's your man. Um, all the details will be in the show notes again. Well, that pretty much wraps it, Loonies. Thank you so much uh, for joining. I'm hoping you enjoy this solo episode. I mean, just the one episode this week. Uh, but wanted to make it special because it is with a creator, uh, Jed McKay. Very kind of him to, to um, take his time out. And especially under the circumstances when he had that vaccination jab uh, to still come on. So uh, thank you so much, Jed. Uh, and again, patrons, if you check out patreon.com slash Moonlight. Check out all the incentives there. Uh, please consider helping out the show. Uh, I can do even bigger, better things. Um, we'll, you know, we can just take it further. Uh, and also, uh, as mentioned at the top, Hello Headphones. But if you use the code ITK Moon Knight, you get 10% off their online store. Dreamland Comics, use the code Moon and you'll get 20% off. Uh, we're also a an affiliate member of Entertainment Earth, all your toy action, action figure needs. And finally, we are part of The Collective. Go check out these other shows. Seriously, they're awesome. Uh, big shout-out to uh, The Collected Edition by Paul Matthew Carr. Fantastic, fantastic work there. Uh, the the guys over at Capes and Lunatics, obviously, they're, they're such a cracking, fun crew. Um, and their show shows that as well. Their shows show that. Uh, and finally, as well, I'll shout out TV Podcast Industries as well. The, uh, these guys are great. I'm sure they're going to be doing a great Moon Knight TV show breakdown. Um, but I'm hoping we can create some synergy between them when the time comes. Uh, finally, you can contact us, leave your feedback on email at itkmoonnight at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. We've got a website. You can leave comments there as well. Uh, and Podchaser too. And incidentally, with Podchaser and Apple Podcasts, if you would like to leave a review, I would really love that. Um, it just helps the show get out there a bit more. Maybe find those loonies who do want to listen to some people ramble on. Um, I want to learn more about Moon Knight. Um, we'll definitely hit them. Um, yeah, they'll come across it more. Anyway, loonies, that is it. Once again, we'll see you next week. Um, with a an in-depth I can't wait with an in-depth review of Moon Knight Wine by Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio let me know how many variant copies you'll get let me know what you think and uh, until then may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night catch you later Moon Knight and affiliated characters stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.